Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why does it seem that profit matters infinitely more than the health and safety of the average people? Corporations and governments are making knowable choices, allowing PFAS, phthalate, formaldehyde, xenotoxins, volatile organic compounds in our environment every year, and we're running around like that's okay? We're cool with over 200 chemicals in the umbilical cord of children born in the Western world, and 80% of those are carcinogenic. That's a crime. There is hope. If we invest in solutions at scale, we have a greater opportunity to create these changes because unfortunately, profit is so powerful. You've got to invest in the solutions so that they're scalable, but in the illumination of that, in the knowledge, then applied knowledge through action, that is heaven on earth. This life is crazy. The, the fact that we're even having this conversation. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. The world we live in is a really beautiful place, but modern economical practices, manufacturing, just the way we live in this capitalistic structure, which is this modern world that we're used to, it is filled with toxic chemicals from our toothpaste to our tooth floss to what we wear, to what we cook in, to what we eat, to what we clean the house with, to what we drive around in, to the air we breathe, to the water we drink. It is 
quite insidious. And sometimes for those of us that are aware of the low tox conversation, we don't really know what to do about this situation. It can be quite overwhelming. So we generally turn a blind eye or choose not to tune into it. This is a really important conversation that we've had here today, Touchwood. You're about to tune into Darren Oley and he wrote the book Fatal Conveniences and we dive all the way in on what are some of the biggest challenges with toxicity thanks to chemicals and modern living and modern manufacturing, etc. in our modern day environment, what some of the root causes are and ultimately how to make the shift and make the change to better alternatives. This conversation goes way past sustainability. That's old paradigm thinking already. We're talking about regeneration. How do we live in symbiosis with the world that we're in that ultimately helps us live richer, more authentic, more empowered lives? And ultimately, this is a real conversation about agency and sovereignty. It's about you making the best decision, not just for you, but your family and not just for your family, but also for your community and not just for your community, but also for humanity and not just for humanity, but ultimately the planet. Welcome back to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us today, keeping our evolution in check, alive and thriving, Darren Olian. Darren, how are you there, brother? Hey man, I'm uh, I'm inspired already. Let's go. Oh man, it is such a pleasure to have you here today. For those tuning into Darren for the first time, look, I'm a little bit surprised. He's an author and a podcast host. You have to go check out his podcast if you're into wellness. His background is in exercise physiology and a background in psychology. He's globally recognized as a wellness expert. He's the champion for superfoods around the world and literally around the world. He goes to some really remote places to dig out some really interesting things. Some of them look questionably edible and yet he will experiment his heart out to find out what some of these superfoods can do and benefit us. He co-starred and produced and co-hosted the Emmy award-winning number one Netflix docuseries, which is called Down to Earth with Zac Efron. They travel to places like Iceland, Sardinia, Costa Rica, Iquitos, and even a whole series dedicated to Australia them he wrote the book super life uh which is about five fixes that will help keep you healthy fit and eternally awesome and he recently wrote fatal conveniences and this was a really interesting read because i recently had on the podcast don miguel ruiz and he talked about domestication this widespread domestication that we've part of western living and how societies in the modern day are just like gravitating towards greater ease and convenience and how that is spiritually taking a crack at us and you know bringing us down and killing us and fatal conveniences also sheds a light on the practical nitty-gritty of what ease and convenience is doing to us and the environment in this modern day so i sort of wanted to i do want to go into the context of some of the things that are practically um holding us back putting us in jeopardy health wise and wellness wise but i also know that this is quite a passionate topic for you darren um can you tell us a little bit about about your dad and what inspired you to yeah really write a book like this because it's not for the faint of heart i have to say that right it's it can be quite overwhelming to realize the world that we're living in and just um the toxicity of the world that we live in touch would from a practical sense. I guess this is a podcast dedicated to low tox. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's kind of a shocking kind of reality in a sense. Um, and we did get here by a flip of a switch. We got here over a long period of time and we're all, we're born into this certain modern world. 
Um, and I was awoken to this tox toxicity in our reality when my father was suffering from multiple chemical sensitivities. And uh, that got him later in his life. So when I was at university studying, my dad started sending me information. Hey, I think I'm suffering um, from exposures to chemicals and shampoos and deodorants and uh, carpets and t-shirts. And I was like, what the hell is going on? What do you mean? Uh, all of a sudden, this is a, this is a thing. And so, yeah, it became a thing. And my dad started educating me on it. And, and then I started using products that were not filled full of uh, phthalates and parabens and uh, chemicals and colognes and perfumes and fragrances and binding agents and flow agents and all of this stuff. Uh, and I started to realize not only did I feel better that the, the, what he was saying was true. It just wasn't known much, especially in the, in the nineties and early nineties, my dad was suffering from, uh, loss of energy, uh, brain fog, uh, couldn't, couldn't kind of function. It was almost like a dementia type of exposure, uh, acutely. And so in that 30 years ago, uh, I walk away with not believing him to then believing him and understanding more about it. And then that set my path of just along the way, I started not using products that were like this. And then uh, getting into the superfood world, I bumped up against it again when I was dealing with uh, flavoring houses. So flavoring companies and supplements and foods and things like that. And all of a sudden, I was saying, hey, we want all natural flavors in here. And, and then we would test the product they gave us. And then there was other propylene glycols and flow agents and other stuff in there. I was like, what the hell are you guys putting this in there for? I just asked you not to put this in there. And then they said, well, this is okay by, or at least I discovered that it was okay by our, by our agencies. Uh, like and, food and regulation was, agencies. Yeah, so the RFDA, and and so then I then I was like, well, what? And so that opened up a whole nother world. And then with product chain, uh, and understanding where a botanical has to go through a process to preserve the integrity and also not get exposed to hexanes and other extractive processes. This became a big thing again in my world to realize like, wow, we're allowing uh, dangerous compounds to, to <laughs> so, quote unquote, be in our products you know, of our supplements that are supposed to be for our health. Like this is a weird paradigm. And then, of course, along the way, I meet other researchers, other colleagues, other uh, people dedicated to this stuff. And I learn more and more. And then I, you know, as I wrote Super Life and as I got, I got into, uh, you know, the tenets of, hey, how, to, how I believe people can live and, um, uh, you know, hydration and, and, and diversity of whole food and 
and uh, sleep and um, all of these things, uh, I then realized that we have an elephant in the room and it's invisible and you can't see it and you can't smell it. And the regulatory bodies that we think are supposed to have our back, in fact, don't really. Uh, and and so it, it, it came by way of seeing the U.S. being the worst in all of this, allowing for all of these endocrine disruptors and PFOS and carcinogenic, probable carcinogens in personal care products and uh, ultra-processed foods. And um, it just became alarming to me that you know, this is a little bit longer than 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 what you originally asked, but my dad was the was the birth of my knowledge of understanding that there is some dangers in our modern day world, and we didn't necessarily have anything to do with it. We're just simply buying products that are supposed to clean our skin, wash our hair, clean our clothes, clean our cupboards and our flooring but in fact it's a slew often of of dangerous compounds that aren't ultimately tested very well for the efficacy and the safety nor virtually none of them tested for the interactions as they have uh, on your body by way of all of the things that we're doing from the deodorant you're using to the shampoo to the water yeah. that you're consuming like it, it just it it is an alarming thing and i and i and i wish that it didn't exist but there are some obviously other people starting to talk about it some great researchers out there that are talking about endocrine disruptors and the the countdown of our motility falling off the cliff with testosterone and the, the the ability for us to even procreate um it's just a scary kind of thing and so i didn't mean it to be alarming i just really set out for it to be informative so that all of us who care about our health can take agency because you see this bubble of optimization right that's a great word optimizing biohacking all of this stuff so it's 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 usually in the container of what can i take to best regulate my estrogen levels my testosterone levels my energy levels my fat loss ability what can i take and what it's can always I add a, in to yeah yeah, yeah. And this is what can you eliminate and take away so that you can upregulate and create um, the optimization that you so desire, that we all do. So it's this, again, this invisible world that is kind of the Wild West. And, and uh, thank God the EU and the UK and the adjunct of the European unions uh, is a little more proactive at eliminating some of the endocrine disrupting uh, untested and um, uh, carcinogenic activity 
but we're still uh, largely not doing a good enough job. It's interesting, even just as you articulated the um, the general, I don't want to call them fads, but the general health trend is probably the right way to say it, um, of people adding things in as opposed to the wisdom of just the underlying sovereignty that lies in the wisdom of let's eliminate things out because we are actually quite capable as an organism. <laughs> like we have these pretty divine, miraculous uh, bits of biological machinery, hardware, whatever you want to look at it as. The more I start to talk about it, the more amazing it gets. <laughs> so it's um, And, yeah, just the wisdom that is in there that to sort of say, hey, there's plenty being added in and maybe it's not about adding in. Um, maybe it's about elimination um, and allowing it to just sort of, well, allowing it to be able to do what it was designed to do. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's really interesting looking at your work because there's the superfoods work and then there's now like the conveniences and it's almost like the opposite ends of the spectrum and recognising that there are some really great things you can do for yourself but there's also some serious things to avoid. I guess one of the... The painfully obvious questions to ask is, like not obvious as an answer but obvious to need to be asked, is these products, if they're so dangerous for us, and you cover everything, like there's our water, our air quality, our skincare, our cookware, what we wear, what we eat, <laughs> EMFs, BFAs, it's, you know, like you said, it's a slew of things, like it's a long list. I want to ask how there's, – there's two parts to this question. One is how we get away with having – like how the organisational bodies get away with putting that in our – like on our shelves, right? But then also like back to the point about sovereignty, like we also – give up our own sovereignty a little bit by just going, hey, it's on a shelf, it's good for me to consume. It's like both ends of the spectrum, yeah? Like it, the onus is also on us, which this book does a great, like I can't believe how much ground you cover <laughs> in the chapters that you do um, in bringing us home to having that empowered choice and responsibility. Um, but then also surely there's some responsibility on the organisations to not put on things. Um, and why do they do that? Is it just because it's cheaper? Like, sorry, I've got so many questions around that. Please, I'll let you let you answer it. Yeah, it, it's 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 easy to come to some sort of conclusion about that, uh, about, you know, why. First off, I couldn't possibly know why that an organization that's run by humans, not aliens, humans, other fellow people that have wives and children and dogs and cats and live on this beautiful planet and they, they're the same, right? And, and it's instructed to, to abide by their bylaws and the things that they set out to do. Somewhere in there, and we're seeing this all throughout governments, right? That the, the monopolic the the monopolies the 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 conglomerates just keep buying other companies the bear company buys monsanto uh you know blackrock continues to buy virtually every company so so underneath it all it's it's like a handful of people corporations massive corporations moving trillions of dollars 
that you 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 can't help but to go okay and they're amassing huge profit why why does it seem that profit matters i will say infinitely more than the health and safety of the average people like you and me how is it that that can be? Because that's the only conclusion I could possibly come up with. Now, I can understand conspiratorial why and what and allowed that to happen. I think, you know, a, a bunch of cuts along the way, right? I think, I think the further you make choice and call it, because you, you illuminated the incredible miracle that we, we are, and the further you get away from the miracle nature, the 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 symphony of e ecology, you go into reductionism, reducing things down to then mean something, and and define a different meaning, and that is I'll define it our product by the GDP, I'll define it by our bottom line. Uh, I'll define it by that simple in this complexity, and thereby you have a laundry list of side effects that is happening for the downstream effect, both on the individual and the ecology, the actual environment, because the mere fact of, of creating a product that is divorced from nature because you have to divorce it from nature in order to create a synthetic version of something and then propagate it and market it and distribute it upon the people inherently that will hurt the person we're seeing it in these cases that will cause problems down the line for the person and the mere fact of creation of those products Let's use an example so I'm not so out there. Blue jeans. Everyone has blue jeans. They used to use natural indigo, right? Beautiful, beautiful look, ubiquitous throughout nature. They'd Part wear in, they'd have your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But now we don't use natural indigo. We've created a synthetic version of that. So now take the manufacturing, the most used pair of pants on the planet. China makes most of them. When they create that, they can see through uh, one of their rivers, you can see from a satellite, blue, synthetic blue being contaminated in that river. That is the vein of the ecology of our planet, call it the, the circulatory system. So you're seeing that directly. Now you continue down that line, thousands of chemicals are used to create, usually from a, a conventional cotton that is the highest sprayed of almost any crop on the planet of pesticides and herbicides and genetically modified organisms that 
by itself, just a drop of that pesticide kills 80,000 bees. It is against nature. It is the overuse of water because the soil is, is destroyed. So more and more application of pesticides and herbicides, then that cotton is created full of those chemicals and then bleaching, stripping, formaldehydes, azo dyes, you name it, to, to weave and to create this gene. And then let's weave in petroleum to create the skinny genes. So now we're basically wearing a cotton that's full of pesticides, herbicides, which are endocrine disrupting, probable carcinogens. Am I, am I saying this is acutely causing these things? No. I'm seeing that the cumulative body burden, the ongoing of using these things has detrimental effects. And also all of them compounding is a 1% effect each um, and each and each, each, right? Like, because you've got... With, with zero regulation. No interaction between any of these products have ever done by any organization because it's an impossibility. So they just blast you from every direction with very little testing of any of these said products because then they would be liable. So they hide behind plausible deniability. We don't know our product is dangerous because we didn't test it. So they hide behind that. So now you've created something that's detrimental to the environment through the manufacturing of it. Now you're putting on formaldehydes, dyes, uh, petroleum, plasticizers, all of these things on your body. And what goes on the skin goes in. So eventually you have a transdermal reception of these thousands of chemicals a t-shirt takes about 8000 chemicals plants uh, pants are very close that's the exact that's the that's the craziness of the big into the individual using and purchasing and buying a product that you're like it's blue jeans ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How can it be harmful? And then just as a side, clothing is the second largest polluter on this beautiful planet. And you don't think 
because most of it is petroleum, most of it is nylon, most of it comes out of polyurethane. It's basically a bunch of plastic water bottles. It's impossible to recycle. So what do you do with it? You bury it. Landfill it. You know? So that gives you a glimpse into an example of one product that most people buy, right? And so imagine then you have blue jeans, you have t-shirts, you have deodorants, you have shampoos, you have conditioners, you have the containers that they contain, can, contain in, that you have the, you have the how they were manufactured, the what they were created out of, you have the exposure that it is to you, the exposure it is to your pets and to your kids and to your children and to your toddlers. It's, it's this cascade of effects that is the overwhelming amount of continuous exposure. Now, let me just address a couple very important things that you brought up. Yes, please. And the agency, the sovereignty. That is why I wrote this book. Because it's this conversation with you and everyone listening. I don't care if they feel overwhelmed. I understand it. I, you know how many swear words were in the, in the creation of this book, right? You know, because I'm staring. I had 15 to 20 researchers. I'm reading hundreds and hundreds of research articles i'm reading books i'm following up leads i'm uh, talking to researchers i'm swearing in the face of seeing the knowledge is there the information exists i'm not making this up i'm illuminating that which we've all become apathetic towards We've aligned and agreed with something that we didn't know is even existing. We didn't know that these products are dangerous. We didn't understand because we didn't have the information. So that's where having this conversation so that the billions of people, ultimately, that's who we are. It's not literally the 1% that are gobbling up all of these companies, making universal choices, and then continuing to drive profits unbeknownst to the government, the lobbying, the payola, the everything that's going on behind the scenes that unfortunately that money has now thwarted our governments with the with the delusion that there is safety regulations with the delusion that there's a clean water act that is virtually never exercised and followed up on with the delusion that there's a PFAS organization or uh, a a uh, agency that is, or or our FDA or the UK and the EU's that that they are actually have the staff and the ability 
to follow up with all of these things. No, most of that is a revolving door of the actual chemical companies sitting in the seats of the regulatory bodies and then vice versa. So you're seeing this blatant, blatant conflict of interest between these massive organizations that that don't do what you and I expect them to do, and we don't know. So we're running around without the knowledge that I didn't realize that this convenient dental floss that slips easily between my teeth because flossing your teeth is a good idea, but no one told me, and it's not on the label, it's not on the back of the package, no one told me that it's a fluorine compound that's a derivative of Teflon that's connected to kidney cancer and an endocrine disruptor. So why is it that a dental floss that's covered in a chemical created by DuPont connected to downstream hormonal effects and probable carcinogenic activity and you're putting it we're putting it in our mouth every day and we're not told what that chemical is we're not informed so so the whole book is littered with this unpacking of this moment what I really want, going back to your agency, going back to the sovereignty, this is what we can do. We can become aware. And then we make another choice. We still get to floss our teeth. We still get to use deodorant. We still get to wash our hair. We still also get to use our cell phone under some better understanding of proximity and duration and exposure around that some really good science to show the stress responses of electromagnetic fields we have agency of change do i still have a cell phone yes do i still shampoo and take care of myself yes do i eat food yeah i just stay away from certain things and i integrate the knowledge with action and discipline towards the things that are better for myself, my life, and the environment as a whole. Now, over time, I've set my course towards a better application and trajectory for the kind of life I want, the optimized life that I want, instead of not knowing, making choices, being exposed to chemicals that are absolutely over time undercutting and affecting my biology and my chemistry so that that's where this is all coming from don't be overwhelmed just continue to learn and apply and and make a change and i have to say as someone that's well, you know, the podcast has been going for six and a half years and I think low, like low tox living was dropped in my awareness. It started with water for me 
Um, that was a really profound conversation. I had a, my first health coach and he's been on the podcast, Mason Taylor, super feast here in Australia. And, uh, we started talking about water and that was really profound. But the point I was trying to make was when you go into your book, it is very dense in terms of like whole, and it's, and it's, it's a short read. It's not a like, it's not a long read, but it's very, like, it's just concise. It's like this chemical, this is where it can, where you find it. This is what's going on with this. And it like just hits off like skincare. This is what's going on. Like I said before, but the best thing I found about it, um was the ability to like you give away practical takeawayable actionable items like even products and purchases that you can make given if you want to make the conscious choice in each of those spaces which for me when i've like it that that in alone is worth <laughs> 20 dollars you spend on the book because <laughs> when you start to become aware gradually bit by bit by bit then you go on this whole journey of like okay now i'll try this oh okay and then like six months later you find out oh that still had that issue with it and then you try something else and it's like and the process of refining something down takes so long whereas i found the book being really valuable because it's like well you can just opt for this and you can just opt for this and you've gone away and actually done all the research all the heavy lifting which can save obviously a lot of money but also a lot of time because i think that's what it really boils down to in the end you're always like okay now i'm i've got this piece of awareness like you said it starts with the awareness now i'm aware now i've got to make the shift now i've got to make the change and you start to slowly slowly and it's like actually just this is the end like this is the ideal best for you in terms of and it's not always like this is exactly what you need to get this is what this was what would be ideal and then you sort of give the next best option and the third best option given your situation so i really love that you've you've not just raised the alarm but also then provided a stack of solutions in the book as well mate thank you so much for doing that i i do feel like this conversation deserves a bit of a reflection on yeah just i think it's worth also putting front and center in our minds because as a species, this chemical soup that sort of drifted up, um, you know, I'm looking almost at like the book of our evolution and it's just like the last page almost, you know, like when you start flicking through the timeline, it's like, oh, there's just this, it's almost like one page worth of like and how our biology has sort of evolved over so long and yet this bombardment is just saturating this last page your thoughts on on that and our evolution and just yeah where we're at right now yeah yeah you're you're absolutely right i mean the acceleration of this um this this world that we are just kind of experimenting on without allowing our biology to catch up uh is is you know part of the problem and and the the absolute disregard for any of that uh you know anytime i from my perspective anytime you step out of nature and you i mean you can call the the industrial healthcare complex you can call you can you can really make a strong argument that we divorced nature a long time ago when we started creating that 150 years ago where where we we then decided that there's virtually nothing you can do but we have a pill we have a shot we have a guy in a white coat that is going to come in and keep you going but absolutely not be able to tell you what you did 
to create the scenario and the situation you're in. So, so the, the undertow of that divorce was, was a massive push, right? So we created the, this westernized healthcare system with the absolute disregard of health and nutrition and basic common sense of breathing air and sleeping. Um, thank God, you know, some of the research is starting to come out about that, but there's still doctors to this day that someone will get cancer and heart disease and they say, well, it's, it's, it, doctor, should I, should I change what I'm eating? No, that doesn't mean anything. There's still plenty of doctors today that operate under that saying, and, and really the, the whole healthcare system is based on a, from my perspective, a flawed theory. And that is like, we, we are victims because it's based on a germ theory that you catch this, but really the common sense says you create and the epidemiolo epidemiological understanding of health is the system of creating safety of creating an environment that is not conducive for bacteria and virus to proliferate and sur survive. And that it was really, I'll just keep this short, it's a much bigger conversation, but that was really between the work of Antoine Bechamp, a French chemist, and Louis Pasteur, and Louis was pushing the germ theory, and, and uh, Antoine Bechamp wasn't. My point is, Antoine Bechamp, the real microbiologist said, no, it's not that you catch these things, it's that we always have these things around us, bacteria and viruses to the, to the factor that we can't possibly imagine. But if you're in an environment, if you're creating an environment to which they can proliferate, they will. But if you are strong, healthy, breathing, all of that stuff, then that pushes out the ability for those organisms to proliferate and host and you for you to host them. So the stronger you are, evolution says, the more robust you are. So, so I just make that as a foundational understanding that as we divorced this common sense way of taking care of ourselves, we then continue to bring in products and things along the way that were just, you know, they sold us on cigarettes were healthy for 40 years, right? 40 years, 40 years, they kept saying it and then everyone believed it. So they repeated the story over and over. We have repeated the story. What I'm trying to do in my humble way is we are repeating the story of you just reaching out and buying a shampoo that has 200 chemicals not disclosed as fragrances that are absolutely against your physiology in some way that are not safe have never been proven safe and you don't know that information so as an example i'm trying to wake us up to we have to fortunately or unfortunately have to take responsibility for our modern day life 
that's bloody convenient. We have tap water on demand, on demand. We have temperature regulation in every room and every vehicle that we go into. So when we are in automation of our life, what can we then, can we stop and go, hey, I now know that the tap water, which is an amazing convenience on demand, there's 2 billion people on this planet that have no access to, to water on demand. They're running around with jerry cans trying to get water every day. So on-demand tap water, it looks clean, but it's full of chemicals that have never been, the, 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 the municipalities have never taken up the ability to, to meet our modern day expansion of chemical craziness. And they, they're not taking out those chemicals. So it shows up all the time. Half of the Amer Americas have, are being exposed with PFAS from our drinking water. And it's not inherent in the water. It comes by way of this forever chemical being exposed, uh, you know, being in our clothing and our makeup, in our fire retardancies, all of that stuff, it's in the groundwater, and then you're turning your tap on and you're being exposed with a forever chemical. You know, so this is the thing. But circling back, as my understanding of, your, of you and your audience, you want to be enlightened. You, you want information so that you don't become a victim of of an unknown unknown situation so we have to face things to change things just like an emotional thing that's blocking us from our uh you know our own evolution of wealth or spiritual uh ease or just a more of a self-actualized um, happiness and joy, that path is not sitting under a Bodhi tree and, and sitting there. That path is a warrior's path. That path is looking at everything and anything that's a lie. And just the mere fact that we're running around, and I'll say it from this consciousness point of view, just the mere fact that we're running around saying, I'm Rit and Darren, that's who we are. Of course it isn't. That's just a name that we have and we're souls are somehow illuminating this miraculous, unbelievable self-regulating organism that we get to experience feelings and pains and shortcomings and, and extraordinary experiences. But if we are just running around oblivious, we're just going to run off our own cliff. And the people that I see the happiness are the ones that have faced the darkness, have faced the delusion and the illusion, and they put, poured light on that. And it wasn't easy. But in the illumination of that, in the knowledge, then applied knowledge through action, that is heaven on earth. Because it's not without... This life is fucking crazy. It is crazy. 
the the fact that we're even having this conversation that that corporations and governments are making knowable choices allowing and continuing to allowing PFOS and uh, phthalates and formaldehydes and uh, xenotoxins and volatile organic compounds and and the 60 to 80,000 un, mostly untested chemicals in our environment every year and we're running around like that's okay we're 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 cool with that we're cool with over 200 chemicals in the umbilical cord of most children born in the western world and and 80% of those are carcinogenic upon the first day they're upon them not even being born yet so we are we're insane to allow this to happen it's not our fault it, it came here. We're all born into this matrix. We're born into this space and time right now. And this stuff has been going on well before I was alive. And so now I'm, I'm awakened through the path of my life. Kind of wasn't my choice. It was just the, the, the greater choice that I wasn't consciously aware of. That gave me a father who is an extraordinary man who suffered in the face of this stuff and ultimately took him down a path of addiction and then ended up dying of his addiction because of the depression, I believe, from the manifestation of this chemical warfare that is silent and is purchasable. That's a crime. And I'm not okay with it. No one should be okay with it. And, and a bunch of people on here will go, I don't want to listen to this. I just want to live my life. You're cool. You can live your life. Whatever. Do whatever you want. I'm not here to, to, to make you change. I've just spent two and a half years and 30 years being under, be, learning about this stuff. Two and a half years of writing the book. 20 researchers and learning about this for most of my life so that I can try to pontificate some sort of awakening to the unconsciousness and the illumination of the common sense that we all have in us so that we can live our life and not be a victim to a thing that may be hurting you and your children. And I really think that when you start to see some practical examples, I've got a close friend, her son was diagnosed as neurodivergent. And when she stopped using mainstream household chemicals to clean the house, he settled. And he wasn't, and then the same doctor died. I was like, what, what did you change? Something in his diet? Like, what did you, what, what, what's he on? And he was like, no, it's just, we started researching a bunch of low tox and yeah, the household chemicals seem to be the switch. Um, we switched the washing detergent. And when you see practical examples like that, cause kids, obviously, like you mentioned, like the umbilical cord thing buzz, just buzzed me out what you shared, by the way, that's going to take a moment to digest, but nonetheless, 
the yeah they're they're sensitive right because they're they're little and they're like little sponges they just absorb everything knowledge information their consciousness just so open and just yeah to think about how their reality can be modulated by such a such a simple choice on the parents part you know and it's interesting like you know i know you're not pointing the like you're very conscious even in the way you're articulating you're not pointing the finger and laying the blame but there is a massive invitation to um come back to your sovereignty and empower yourself one of the things i think this podcast really needs is you know you already talked about like you know the the quarter on quarter growth that you know capitalism is just built upon and you know we didn't say it in so many words but you know it's really what has this push to just like you know we've got to meet quarterly growth and you know if we can reduce costs and then we can just and it's like what about the well-being of the longevity of the client that we've got fuck them they'll produce new ones <laughs> just you know just, it's just touch with this is really horrific grind i laugh because it's uh, the alternative is to cry um the, the 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 very profound sort of simple yet profound wisdom of our dollar is our vote and i'd love for you to just just take a moment to distill that into the awareness of myself deeper and also the audience tuning in that we vote with our dollar every time we buy something that isn't pfos or isn't voc like that is actively within the capitalistic structure our changes. Remember, we can talk about how society we can change broadly, but you know, I just yeah would love to love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as simple as powerful as that. I mean, once once you become aware of something that that a a company is doing, why would you spend your you, you busted your ass for that dollar? You busted your ass. You're working your ass off for that for that money, and you have to pay taxes on it. So every dollar is like two dollars, right? <laughs> Or at least a dollar fifty. So 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 the the money, and we 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 over, you know, we're not even aware of what wealth is, right? So we're 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 already fixated on I've got to make more money, I've got to make more money. But at the very fabric of purchasing normal everyday products, and then it's actually un potentially undercutting your health. Now you're like, this, this money that I busted my ass for, I'm purchasing a product that then is taking something away from me. Now that's, a, that's, that's where it compounds, right? But if you flip it, it's not just making a change. It's I'm avoiding the exposure, which is huge. And then I'm buying a product that is potentially healthy. So great example is cologne and perfume. This shit is so toxic that I can't possibly understand how anyone could knowingly put perfume on their body, right? It is just, and then those little trees that they hang on the... (sighs) On in the cars, yeah, they like smell that, chemically. <laughs> they are so toxic, and those people are sitting in their cars all day. So imagine shifting that. Maybe you make your own. Maybe you soak. I'm just using the car as an example. Maybe you, maybe you soak some cotton full of essential oil, rose, and lavender, and you put that in your car. 
So not only are you detoxing from carcinogenic, volatile, organic compounds, you've now eliminated a massive exposure through your olfactory, which goes directly to your brain, which goes directly to your central nervous system, which goes directly to the response, the sympathetic response and cortisol response and continues and into your bloodstream and needs to be metabolized by your liver and everything else. But if you shift, you then have this lavender and rose and you can apply it to your body and your skin too as an essential oil. Now you've downregulated stress, upregulated parasympathetic response, created enlightening opening of pineal and pituitary, and you actually elevated your mood. And this is not me making this up. There's great research to show essential oil over time is fantastic for the evolution and the creation of mood altering in a positive direction. So, so just by that action, you've eliminated toxins and you've upregulated yourself in receiving benefit. And all you've done is still made your car smell good. You know, so, so, so going back to your dollar, you're then going, I am voting for no on the chemical soup because I'm not going to expose myself and my family and my dogs and my passengers in this case, or my body and everyone around me. I'm not going to expose them to carcinogenic and endocrine disrupting and, 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 and volatile organic compounds. I'm not going to do it anymore. It's not fair to me and it's not fair to them. But I'm going to put organic essential oils on. Clove is very masculine. If, if every men are worried about that, you know, I, I, I wear rose and lavender every day, right? I have it, I have it right here, right? I have a, my, a rose spray. I sprayed it on just before this podcast and it illuminates my entire house, right? That's the power. So you've said no to the chemicals. Yes to the benefit or beneficial ones by your dollar, by your awareness with action and your hardworking money. And you've made your life better and you've made the people around you better. That's how powerful this is, man. So, so when you hear yourself say, I'm overwhelmed and I just want to live your life. Come on, man. All of your listeners, you're not listening you're especially you're not listening to this podcast with that attitude. And also I'll say this, no one of success and sovereignty would ever catch themselves saying that statement. I just want to live my life. You will not accomplish your dreams guaranteed with that attitude. So what I'm saying is you don't have to make this your life, but make a choice and implement it and then make the next choice, right? Read one page of the book and implement the solution. There's always a solution and it's always there to better your life. 
That's what this is all about. Eliminate the crap and increase the good. I'm not sure how to phrase this next question, but I'm going to give it a crack because one of the things I've noticed through conscious consumption for myself personally is also the, there's like an ontology that happens, Darren, like the more conscious decisions I make in my consumption, the, I show up differently in the world. You've obviously described the physical process of what's going on, but there's also like, I've noticed like a mental, like I hunt for things in a different way. Like I become much more discerning in, yes, my buying and my purchasing, but also in the wisdom that I seek, touch wood and the conversations that I have. Like I noticed I, people tuning into this podcast all heard me say this a lot of times now, but like oftentimes online, you know, there's a lot of personal development gurus selling a lot of things and you tune in and, you know, then it's like, this is sounds really complicated. <laughs> and then now I just, now I look at it and you literally like, you just picked up the rose, you know, and you're like, here, rose spray. So simple, like essential oil. And I'm like, yeah, when people are complicating things now, I go, oh, what are you trying to sell me? <laughs> you know? And it's, and it's I, I just, there's like a, as you start to peel back the layer on, yeah, some of these real grounded physical shifts, I've noticed that mentally you start to clear up as well, like you described, like spiritually, but also mentally, like there's an ontology that happens where you're, I guess I'm trying to find a polite way of setting it. As you're sifting through bullshit in your 3D, you also mentally became become able to sift through bullshit a lot better. It's probably the easy way to say it. Um, yeah. I, I want to ask you about, and maybe it's, I don't know if it's too big a question, societal change, like is what can we do like like as a society, do you think, because we've talked about the individual and the empowerment we have, does it come back to each individual rising up? Um, I'm sure that's a big part of it, but do you think like from the top down, there's anything that can be instilled to sort of shift um, the current soup of chemicals that we swim through? Yeah, I mean, in terms of like the bigger agencies of change are you talking about like governmental mm. and um is that a yeah, lost cause I mean, sorry i mean i can't i can't say that there's a lost cause but but certainly the career politician you can almost guarantee is not got your best interests yeah so i i always you know i look at these these guys going yeah, they're they're spewing all this stuff, but you know, we, we at this point, you know, we need we need people to everyone every let's say it this way, every politician says the same shit, but but they don't really come from an honest place. They don't come from the, their they're as an individual they're, you know, it, it's a weird thing because they're just saying these big overarching statements. And so you, you lose, you lose the fabric of connection that way. And you just kind of, you know, they speak well and you end up making a choice based on that. But I think that, you know, let me answer it this way. I think there's, because we don't have regulation bodies that are doing very good 
uh, at regulating this stuff. I do believe there's good people within those organizations fighting a good fight because I've met those. I've met those people. I've met people in the biggest companies on the planet that I know are in the company trying to move this big ocean liner of a company in the right direction without it just being this greenwashing ESG goal, but an actual change. I've talked to people directly consulting some of the biggest companies in the world. I think that that is happening because they're seeing the waves of change within us. They are seeing this change. They are seeing the next population really caring about what these companies are doing. So these big companies are making those choices. Some of those choices are bullshit, but at least they're aware of this stuff. Some of them, they're moving into regenerative practices. So I think it's twofold. I think pressure on us to the corporations is starting to take hold. I think that I know corporations that are, I, for example, I know one, cor one company that has created an alternative to PFAS through algae and cellulose, right? And, and from their mouth to my ears, they said they will actually make it even cheaper than the chemical version. And they're already working with some of the top fast food companies in the world because fast food wrappers have PFAS on it because they don't want the food to stick. So you're wrapping your food with PFAS chemicals, not to mention ultra processed food is just horrible anyway. You're getting a second dose of forever chemicals just by the wrapper. So there is hope that if we invest in solutions at scale, we have a greater opportunity to, to create these changes because unfortunately profit is so powerful. You've got to invest in the solutions so that they're scalable, so that they don't strip a company completely of their profits. Cause of course that doesn't make sense. And that then you can't, you can't envelop the change at that point at all, but we need to spawn and spur entrepreneurial spirit and invest into the entrepreneurial spirit to draw down and recreate some of the solutions for some of these things. There's alternatives to plastic containers at scale too. I know another company doing that using uh, plant fibers and recycled cardboard and at scale again, right? So, so there are things that are happening, alternative energies, there's all kinds of stuff, even solar and batteries and wind power, the way it's currently created is unsustainable, right? So, so, so all of these things requires again, populace and then pressure. Um, and I'm game to hear powerful and lobbying organizations that are going after the governmental changes as well. I'm all for that. I don't, I'm currently not working in any of that, but I'm not opposed to getting involved. Um, I'm just firstly trying to wake up the populace so that we can 
we can put pressure because we have the numbers. We have the numbers. The more of us that awaken to this, we always have the numbers because we have billions of us, millions of us in countries. And, and that's where I love the, the, the proliferation of power from that perspective. I feel like in my generation, the conversation was starting to awaken around the word sustainability. And as I tune in now, more and more of the conversation actually has become around regeneration. And the more I just tune into the frequency of those words as well, sustainability sounded like it was green, you know, it was beautiful. But when I stopped to think sustainability, sustain, it's just like, oh, you know, um, and they're like, I can see you nodding, so I'll let you speak to that. Um, and then also regeneration, and I'll let you speak to that as well. And, you know, just also, because we've touched base on that, like just how we can sort of see as we're evolving, consciousness is also evolving to implement these practices in a better way as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they kind of, the, the sustainability and the regenerative term kind of gets inter, uh, interchanged, right? And and it's true at, at its core, we don't want to sustain the trajectory that we're on because we are extractive. We are extracting things. We're reducing things. Uh, so we have reduction models and extractive models. And extractive models look like uh, lithium and cobalt. They look like uh, oil, gas fracking, uh, all of this, uh, it's extractive models. It keeps taking, 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 scarring the planet. Uh, and so we definitely don't want to sustain that. We need to, and regeneration takes on that, starts to take on that idea that nature is of course regenerating. I'm sitting on my property that was burned down completely to the ground in 2018. And when I saw, and, and there was no life, it was black and white with tree, black trees standing and a bad black and white Ansel Adams photography scene, right? And when I saw the budding of a green leaf from the darkest burnt tree, that gave me so much fire and power and hope because that's regeneration. My land that I'm on is supposed to burn. Did it burn in the way that it was supposed to? No because we've created infrastructure and power systems and it, it was it was forced by a derelict power system so it wasn't a wildfire it created it was infrastructure breakdown which started a, a a fire but the chumash indians lived in a regenerative way well before us and fire was always a part of the ecology in california also all many, many places throughout Australia as well. Yeah, big time. So, and of course, the Aboriginal people completely knew that. 
in in season two of down to earth we did cold burning with aboriginal people teaching how to control the ecology following the natural rhythm but we have to implement the natural rhythm and knowledge because we now live upon it but we can't pretend we can't just build a stick house and put a gate up and a pool and just go hey man i just want to let want to live in my mansion in malibu and i just want to live my life water (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, yeah. exactly all these things so when we follow nature she provides always when you when you don't blast the the soil with pesticides and herbicides that that by its nature kills that's that's what a pesticide and an herbicide does it kills life and it's also antibiotic in its nature when that is death to life that's the the name of that's the term so and then you extract what you can and then do it again but when you follow a regenerative principle you build soil it retains water it builds up the fungal activity the mycelial activity and then you plant a seed and then that seed becomes a tree and then that tree becomes pomegranates 70 pomegranates and then you pull a pomegranate you open that up and it's got 700 other seeds that's wealth that's abundance that's regenerative so then you build the soil you take care of the soil you take care of the plant you build it with permaculture principles of of learning ecology in a systematic approach of no waste there is no waste in nature ever ever it's a misunderstanding we have waste because we've misapplied misunderstood what that cycle is we could use waste right now we could use ag waste right now to create ethanol and be virtually fuel independent in australia and in the united states by waste streams of ag and carbohydrate waste that are just existing but we're not using and the birthplace of our country was using waste streams into distillation which created ethanol which was the origin of the solar panel and then the photons as it related to the carbohydrates you distill it convert that photon energy and carbohydrates into ethanol put it back into your engine and it's cleaner than any fuel and you're using the origin of the solar panel we don't need to create batteries and lithium and more extractive processes to pretend that that is ecological and environmental and sustainable because it's not but we could use 
systems today, current engines today, current waste streams today, and be independent of our need for extractive processes as an example. That's regenerative. Looking at all of this, we have the solutions. They're here right now. We need people to invest in them. We need people to understand them. And we need to push back at the extractive industry. And ultimately, ideally, work together with them to help convert them. I'm not against them. But if they were open, let them use their infrastructure for, in this example, ethanol production rather than, you know, oil barrels from underground, <laughs> you know, ridiculous system. So that's an example of regeneration. I am um, embarrassed to admit, but I've admitted it once before on the podcast, so I'm okay with it this time around. I uh, not the greenest thumb. And uh, I used to be quite apt at killing plants, actually. <laughs> and uh, I'm laughing now, but I, I look back and there's a lot of sorrow. <laughs> it's just like, come on, man, you've got to be able to do better than this. And for a long time there, it's because I was looking at the plant and I was trying to, you know, water it, give it sunlight. And I was looking at the green, like, come on, plant, like, what do I need to do for you? Like, I was in trying to build a dialogue with it. And... It wasn't until like a simple piece of wisdom, very aligned to what you're sharing today is, hey, there's a chemical suit and just relax, like find your way through the mess and it's possible. Fatal Convenience is like I said, an incredible book because it, it gives you literally every single dimension of your life that you could have think there was toxin, you can find the low tox alternative, which I absolutely adore. And for me, with the plant metaphor, I was just like, someone dropped in a simple piece of wisdom, which was like, bro, stop, stop thinking about the plant. Just think about the soil. If you can, you're not here, you're not a plant taker, you're a soil taker. If you can just look after to soil, the plant will do its own thing. And that simple piece of awareness, which was like, oh, stop focusing on the shiny object, stop focusing on the green, stop focusing on what's, just look one layer deeper. Yeah, just like, like it's convenient to look at the green, but just go one layer deeper, look at the soil and just, oh, is it wet? It needs moisture. Oh, I need to feed you a little bit of seaweed, a little bit of algae. Okay, cool. And then the best plants just grow. And it was just such a simple piece of distillation. Man, Darren, I, yeah, I am so grateful for you. Well, I want to use the word courage because A, having the courage to write this book, because um, <laughs> like you said, I, I can picture you just reading some of this stuff and just go, fuck. <laughs> um, well, a lot of this stuff. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's like I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's not for the faint of heart, um, but it, I think it's necessary for our evolution to recognize the world that we're in and, and what's going on. And you've done it really well. You've written it really concisely in this book. I will put a link to this book in the show notes below. Um, I have to thank you here for our conversation today, but mate, I want to thank you not just for the conversation, like also, you know, the Netflix doco is super cool. The other book you wrote is super cool. Also just the way you're embodying your message. It's, a, it's obviously a lifetime's worth of work that you've poured into this awareness that you're sharing with us here today. And I'm just, I'm grateful for you, man. I'm just so, yeah, thank you so much for this. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Emirate. It was a pleasure because the, often the host 
invokes something and allows me to have a space. So thanks for creating the space for me to share things and uh, share from my heart. So such a blessing, our absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.